We are going to dive into part three today, part three of strong and courageous. Is anybody ready for part three of strong and courageous? We need a little more enthusiasm. For, um, we've, been, we've been in a series uh, for the last few weeks. This is our third week. And this is an amazing, this is an amazing series. In this, in this passage that we're exploring, uh, the series is called Strong and Courageous. It's Joshua uh, chapter one. And, and we've, we've, we're, we're barely getting out of the first nine verses. We've just been chapter one, verse one, chapter one, verse two. Uh, and we're kind of barely making it through because each one of the verses that we're exploring in this passage is so rich and so full and so deep. And there's so much for us that I wanna just, as a pastor, I just wanna take time to explore this with you. Uh, and this week, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do a little teaching, if that's all right. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rip and roar and preach today, um, partly because this is a, a really teaching uh, passage, but also partly because um, I had the stomach bug earlier this week, so I'm not, I'm not, you know, strong and, as strong and courageous as I would like to be, but God is still strong when I'm weak. Come on, somebody. Um, so uh, I'm just excited about exploring what this passage means because I don't know about you, but the new year for me is always a moment where I'm like, I want to, I want to, I want to get better at stuff. I want to, I want every area of my life to increase. I want my faith to increase. I want, I want to, I want to increase in my, in my relationships uh, and in the way I handle uh, money and in the way I handle my career and in the way I handle my health and all these different areas of my life. I'm striving to get better and striving to be better. And, and what we're going to learn in this passage is that God's, God's got some stuff assigned to you. He's got some territory for you to take in every aspect of your life. And what he wants for you in 2019 is to be strong and courageous in every aspect of your life. And so what I'm going to do, I wanna, I'm going to just open by reading you, uh, we're going to go through the first six verses, um, uh, the, actually verse two through verse six uh, today, and then we're going to break it out and, and apply it to our lives. So let's just start by reading the passage and then we'll, we'll dive into it. Um, it starts in verse two. It says, now then you and all these people get ready. Somebody say, get ready. Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I am about to give them, to the Israelites. Now remember, they had been wandering around outside of this land for 40 years, and God had promised the land to them 40 years ago, but they had not been strong and courageous. They had been weak and cowardly and not able to take the land, and finally God says, Joshua, come on, I've got this land for you, I need you to go take it. I will give you, he said, every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Then he says this, your territory, somebody say your territory, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Isn't that a good promise right there? When you're walking in God's promises for your life, it doesn't matter who stands against you. They, they, they can't stand against you. They might stand up against you, but they're going to fall down against you. They cannot stay against you. So he says, as I was with Moses, uh, so I will be with you. Uh, uh, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And then he ends with the sixth verse, be strong and courageous. Three times in verses one through nine, he says, be strong and courageous. Joshua, be strong 
and courageous. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Now, last week I preached a sermon, if you weren't here last week, but last week I preached a sermon called Your Turn. When, when what, we, what we discovered is that the past is the past and now it's your turn. Uh, some things you need to bury in 2018, like Moses was buried and Moses was dead and now we're moving on into what God has for you, right? Um, this week, I want to preach on the topic, your territory, your territory. Tell somebody, take your territory. Tell them, take your territory. I was talking with uh, a friend this week who manages um, a number of sales uh, representatives for a, co- a company, and he was describing to me the process uh, of what it means to manage all of these sales reps. And what they, what they have for these sales reps, they've got what they call their region or their territory. And they, the company will assign these sales representatives a territory. It's a geographic region, and they will tell the sales representatives, this is your territory. I want you to go into your territory and represent the company, uh, the, the purposes of the company uh, in that territory. This has been assigned to you. Now, what's interesting is that the territory is not not necessarily what you choose. It's what's been assigned to you by the company. And when you go into that territory, you're not going into that territory as a representative of yourself. You're going into that territory as a representative of the company that you work for, right? But even though the company has already assigned the territory... You, as a sales representative, ultimately have to go and take that territory. You have to own it. It's been assigned to you. It's been predetermined that you're going to go in there. But for you to effectively uh, be a, a, a good sales representative, in, in other words, for you to, in order for you to produce for the company, you've got to take the steps to move into that territory. You've got to make the calls. You've got to go set up the meetings. You've got to have the dinners. You've got to pursue the leads in order for you to take the territory. What God is saying to Joshua in this passage and what he's been saying to the Israelites for 40 years is, I've got a land, I've got a territory that I have given to you. It's predetermined that I want you to go in there and I've already given it to you, but I need you now to take the step and go get it. God is saying to somebody today, listen, I've got some plans and purposes for your life in 2019, some, some, some uh, uh, outcomes and some results, some goals, some aspirations, some vision, some purpose that I have for your life, and I've already predetermined what it's going to look like, but I need you to go get it. I need, you, I need you to go take it. I need you to take the territory that I have assigned to you. So let me, let me define territory. What does your territory mean? What does it look like? And um, I can't help it because in good preacher, preacher style, what I, what I did is I, all the words that I'm going to put on here so that you can remember them begin with the same letter. So that's just a preacher thing and you're going to have to just live with that. But like, let's just say, for instance... Um, your faith life, all right? Your spiritual life. God has plans for your spiritual life in 2019. He's got some things that he wants you to grow into in 2019. He's got some, some areas where he wants you to expand in 2019. That's part of your territory that he wants you to take, all right? Some, maybe some things in your family, in your relationships, and you're with your spouse or with somebody that you love or with your parents or your siblings. This is part of the, the territory. In fact, if you want to put up the definition, Don, your territory is every aspect of life that God has placed under your care, okay? So your faith, your family, uh, let's say your finances, all right? 
This is part of your territory. Uh, God has put this under your care, under your stewardship, under your management. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to him, but it's, it's your territory that he's assigning to you. All right. How about, um, I'm going to call this faculties. Okay. That was kind of a stretch, but it, it begins with an F. So we're going to go with it. All right. Um, faculties. This is your, these are your skills and your abilities, your mental facu- faculties, your gifts, your talents, uh, that God has assigned to you. And we don't all have the same kind. My gifts are different from your gifts. Uh, your gifts are different from somebody else's gifts. But, but these are all things that God has assigned to you, and that's part of, your, part of your territory, all right? How about health? I'm gonna call it fitness. <laughs> you gotta be consistent, man. It just doesn't work. So, so, so there, are some, there are some things that God wants for you for, with your physical health, uh, that, that you aspire towards and you want that for your life. Your body is the temple of God uh, and that's part of the territory. It's the, one of the aspects of your life that God has placed under your care. All right, um, let's do this one. Feelings, all right? This is your emotional life, all right? This is your emotional life. This is, this is where, you know, there's joy, there's sadness, there's, um, you know, there's, anger, there's all these different emotions, uh, and God says, look, I've given, this is an aspect of your life, a very important aspect of your life. It's under your care. I need you to manage it. It's part of the territory that I've assigned to you, all right? Um, let me put this one. Field. Field is, is your, basically your, your career or your sphere of influence. So if, if maybe your field is your home, maybe you're a person who's, who takes care, takes care of the home, that's your field. Or maybe you're in a, a position, a job, or you're a professional, or you work somewhere, and that's the field. And God says, this is an aspect of your life that I've assigned to you, and it's part of the territory that I'm assigning to you. And then the last one I'm going to put is friendships. So this would be your social life, the way you interact with uh, the people on your job and at... Um, at church, can I get it all on there? Yep. Um, your friendships, so this is your social life. There are all of these different aspects of your life, and a lot of times what we tend to do is we categorize these separately. So we think of them in compartments a lot of times. We go, okay, faith life is just, that's just my faith life. I show up on Sunday, I do my thing, pay my tithes, sing some songs, do the thing, but then that's somehow separated from family. Or that's somehow separated from finances or faculties or all, these different areas of my life are all different separate categories and I treat them separately. But what God is saying is no, actually, this is all part of your territory. This is all part of the territory that I'm assigning to you. So we're going to just call this your territory. He's placed all of these areas under your care. And he needs you to take these territories, he needs you to take this territory with his divine purpose. He wants you to go into the areas of your faith and your family and your finances and enact his purpose in every area of your life. Are you, are you following me? He wants you to enact his purpose in your faith. He wants you to enact his purposes in your family and in your finances and with your skills and, and with your health. He wants you to, he's saying, look, I've, just, I've put all this out before you. I'm putting you in charge of all of this. And now I'm assigning you to walk into that territory to fulfill my purposes as my representative in all of these areas of your life. This is what I want you to do. And so what I want to do today is, is, is like look at how do we do that? Because I don't know about you, but like 
these, these are all areas where I want to grow in 2019. These are all areas where I want to develop. But I don't always feel like I have the strength and the courage to do what needs to be done in these areas, to fulfill my purpose, to fulfill God's purpose for my life in these areas. And so what I find in this passage is that God gives us essentially a roadmap about what it looks like to fulfill his purposes in every aspect of our life. So I want to start, and we're just going to break, we're going to break, like I told you, this is a teaching session. We're going to take these scriptures, we're going to go through them one by one and break them apart and see what they have for us. So if we go back to look at verse 2, here's what it says. It says, now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land, now notice this, he says, into the land I am about to give to them. To the Israelites. Now, all right, you got to track with me on this because this was this is rich. When we when we were when I was studying this passage, I am about to give them. I, I noticed that in other translations, so this sounds like a future thing, right? I'm about to give them. Other translations would say, uh, "Into the land I am giving them." Other translations would say, "Into the land I give them." Other translations would say, into the land, I do give them. I thought, what's up with that? I mean, what's the right, what's the right translation? What's the right verb here? Because in, in the English, we have three tenses. We have the future tense, which is uh, like if I'm going to give you $100, let's say. If I say, aren't you glad I'm going to give you $100? You're like, I'm not really going to. I'm just, this is an example. Uh, but if I were to say to you, I'm going to give you $100, that would be a future tense. That's something that hasn't been done but it will be done in the future. Then there's the present tense. If I had the $100 bill in my hand and I was handing it to you right now and I'd say, I'm giving you $100. That's the present tense, right? And then if I already gave you the $100 bill, I could turn to you and go, hey, I gave you $100. And that's the past tense. That's something that already happened. Well, the Hebrew doesn't have the future, the present, and the past. It just has what they call the perfect and the imperfect, which the perfect means it's completed and the imperfect means it's incomplete. So I looked this passage up and I realized that this is a verb that is a perfect tense verb. It's a completed, it's a completed thing. Even though it says I am about to give them, but that's just from our perspective. You see, because from God's perspective, it's done. It's completed. Now you have to go and take what has already been done. Are you following me? God said, look, I have already done this. When God says I'm going to give you something, You've got to remember, he's seeing the, the beginning, the middle, and the end. He's seeing things from outside of time. When he says, I'm going to give you something, what he's saying is, I already gave it to you. I just need you to go get it. Are you following me? Let me, let me read you what uh, the Apostle Paul says uh, when, he, when he describes this in Ephesians. He says this, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance, in advance, for us to do. So look at that. He says, we're created to do good works. We're created to go do those things, which seems like a future thing, which God prepared in advance, which sounds like a past thing. In other words, I want you to write this down. Your future is God's past. That's the way you can look at it. Your future is God's past. God says, I have already done it. Now I need you to go do it. Are you following me? I've already taken care of it. I've already assigned it to you. The territory, I've already assigned that territory to you. 
You're a sales representative and the company is saying, here's your territory, it's already been assigned. Here are the leads, here are the competitors, here's who you need to call, everything is dialed in and set up. Now you go take that territory. Even though we've already done it, now you go do it. Your future, your future is God's past. He's already done this. I'll give you a, a kind of a fun example. Uh, when I was researching uh, this week, I discovered something that I thought was pretty interesting, and that is about between two and three billion dollars of lottery winnings every year are never claimed. This is two to three billion dollars that have been won by different individuals that they never claimed. I'll give you three examples. One is um, in Queens, New York, in August of 2006, somebody bought a $31 million lottery ticket. It was worth $31 million. They bought it. But they never came and cashed it in. So somebody is walking around Queens, New York with a crumpled up lottery ticket in their pocket worth, what did I say? $31 million. It's theirs, but they never took it. Right? It was assigned to them. It's legally theirs, but they've never come to claim it. Let me give you another one. <laughs> Georgia in June 2011, $77 million. Somebody won $77 million. Somebody is driving around Georgia right now in a pickup truck. Who's, they got $77 million waiting for them. They don't know it. They're just cruising around, not knowing that they got 70. Uh, another one on Christmas Eve 2002 in New York, $68 million. Somebody purchased a winning ticket for $68 million. You see, God is saying, look, I've already done what I need you to do, but now I need you to go do it. I need you to claim what I have assigned. It's done. Your future is God's past. It's already done. This should give us courage to walk into what God has for us. God's saying, look, I've got some things for your family, but I need you to walk into it. I've got some stuff for your finances. I need you to walk into it. I've got some stuff for your, your skills and your gifts and your talents, but I need you to have the strength and the courage to walk into the territory that I've assigned to you. Are you following me? All right. So here's what he, and he goes right into the next line. He says this. He says, every place I will give you, look at this. This is, this is really interesting. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Now, every place sounds pretty broad, right? So he says, I'm going to give you every place where you set your foot. Every place where you set. And if you read that line in isolation, it makes you think, well, I can just go after anything I want. I'll just go after anything I want and God's going to give it to me, right? But look at the next line. I will give you every place where you set your foot. Next line. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates and the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea. In other words, put those two verses together and, and he says, I'm going to give you every place where you set your foot, but here's where I want you to set your foot. All right? I want you to set your foot in the, in the area where I outlined for you. And when you set your foot in that area, then I'll give you every place where you set your foot. But if you set your foot outside of the territory that I've assigned to you, I can't give you that area because that's not your territory. That's not the area to which you have been assigned. Here's what I want to tell you on this. There's actually a blessing in the boundaries. There is a blessing in 
the boundaries. When I was a kid, we, we used to go on these long road trips, you know, vacations. And back in the 70s, let's just say, well, 80s, we'll say 70s, late 70s, early 80s, um, uh, they, the cars were bigger than they are now. I don't know if you know that. But, and my dad was a preacher. And so, you know, back in those days, he was kind of old school. Preacher had to have a preacher car. And preacher cars, you know, any of you guys know what a preacher car is? They're kind of like, like a, you have to have a Lincoln Continental. You have to have a Cadillac. You have to have something like that, you know. And, and these old cars, there was a lot of room in the back seat of these cars. And we would go on these family vacations. And I have two sisters, one older, one younger, Sharinda and Christy. And, and I was the middle child and the only boy. So I had a couple things, you know, going against me on these long, long vacations. And, you know, back in these days, <laughs> sound like a, like a, like an old timer now. Back in, back in them days, we, uh, we, they actually didn't have seatbelt laws. Some of you guys remember this. They didn't have seatbelt laws. Nobody wore seatbelts. Like they were there, but you would never think of actually using them. And, they, and to my knowledge, maybe they did, but nobody used like child seats, like, you know, uh, car seats. That, I mean, right now, our kids, when we put them in the car, man, they're, they've got, they're buckled up, they're strapped in, they can't move. You know, they're like, they're not going anywhere. But when I was a kid, you had free room. You could roam about the cabin as freely as you wanted to. You could climb up in the back window. There was a shelf in the back window. You could climb up there and take a nap if you wanted to. I'm serious. You could go down in the floorboards, whatever you wanted to do. So that was cool when you're, when you're a kid for about the first half an hour. You know, you're roaming around. You're checking things out. You're climbing over here. You're climbing up there. But as the road trip would get longer, uh, there would begin to rise what I would call sibling animosity. This is when you start to irritate your, your siblings, right? You put your, you put your elbow a little bit too close to theirs and then they, they kind of move theirs and then you kind of scoot yours over just a little bit more and then they, and pretty soon you guys, you know, you're mad at each other. Now it's getting, does anybody remember this these days? It was like, you're just, everybody's in everybody's space. You don't want people touching you. You don't want them touching. And then you're just, and finally, what would happen in our case is eventually it would either be my dad or my mom. I, I preferred it when my mom, but it was usually my dad because he was driving. But he would turn around and be like, hey, you guys? And then he would set some boundaries. He would say, okay, you see the seam right there on that side of the seat? Okay, you do not cross that seam. Okay, now Brent, you stay in between these two seams. And Sharenda, you stay on that side of that seam. And these, the seams were the seams of the car. And they also had a vertical plane. So you were not only not allowed to cross the seam this way, you couldn't cross the, the plane of the seam anywhere else, you know, because otherwise you might just be like, I'm not touching her, I'm just, you know. So if you wanted to be blessed on this car ride, there was a blessing in the boundary. You needed to stay in your boundary. You needed to stay in your territory. God is saying, look, I will bless you everywhere you set your foot when you set your foot in the territory that I have assigned to you. There are boundaries to our faith. There are things that we believe and things that we don't believe. There are things that we pursue and things that we don't pursue. There are boundaries in our relationships, in our, in our romantic relationships. There are boundaries. And when we obey those boundaries and, and we conform to those boundaries, there's a blessing in those boundaries. There are boundaries in our finances. When we, when we, we can't just do whatever we want with them. There are boundaries, and when you, when you obey God's word in this area, there's a blessing there. There are boundaries in your gifts. Some of you have some gifts, and others, 
have other gifts. When you try to live out a life using gifts that you don't have, you cannot move forward in life using those gifts. It's just frustrating. If you've ever been in a situation where you've been required to do something on a job and you're just not gifted to do that thing, eventually you're just dying on the vine, right? Because that's not within the boundaries that God has provided for you. In your, in your health, there are some boundaries that are gonna have, make you have a healthier life. Uh, in your emotional life, there are some boundaries. God's saying, look, there, there's a blessing in the boundaries. So part of taking the land is saying, all right, God, how can I obey you in all of these areas of my life? How can I obey you in each aspect of the life to which you have assigned me? Because when I do, I discover that there's actually a blessing in those boundaries. So in 2019, as you're pursuing the territory that God has for you, part of your role is to say, God, what do you want me to do in the area of my faith? How do you want me to grow in that area? What do you want me to avoid? And what do you want me to go after? In each one of these areas, what are the boundaries that you are placing around for me? And then I love how he ends this, this passage. Uh, he says this, and, and this is if you are walking in the boundaries that he's assigned. He said, no one, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. What I love about this passage is that he's saying that when you are walking in the, in the promises of God and you're pursuing the territory that I've assigned to you and you're pursuing my purposes in that territory, nothing can stop you. No one can stand against you. The obstacles that rise up, those are obstacles and challenges for you to take on with strength and courage, but they will not break you. They cannot stop you. They cannot harm you because I have a path for you. I have a territory that I have assigned to you. And, and every challenge, think of it like this. You can write this down. When victory is assured, assured, challenges become opportunities. Every challenge, and don't get me wrong here. Here's what I want you to get. When I say that God has, has pre-assigned this territory for you, it doesn't mean that you won't face challenges. It doesn't mean that you won't have difficulties. It doesn't mean that, that, that there won't be moments where you go, wow, this is, a, this is gonna be a pretty big difficulty, a pretty big, almost seemingly insurmountable challenge, right? Like the river was for the, for the, for the Israelites. And God said, look, I want you to cross that river. And, and they were afraid to cross that river. And when they were hungry, they, were, they started saying, God, we need, we need something. And, and God gave them manna from heaven. You see, the challenge became an opportunity for them to put their faith in God. And what he's saying is, look, well, let me ask you this. What are the challenges that you're facing in these areas of your life right now? What are the challenges that you're facing in your faith, in your spiritual life? Because I believe that if you turn these over to God, turn those challenges over to God, that challenge becomes an opportunity for your growth. It becomes an opportunity for you to be strengthened in your faith. Your faith cannot be strengthened unless your faith is challenged. Your faith cannot be strengthened unless there's something standing against your faith over which you overcome by putting your faith in Christ. What challenges are you facing in your family? Because whatever they are, God, if, you're, if you're living out God's purposes in your family life, those challenges cannot stand against you. They will not stand up against you because victory is assured and that, and that challenge becomes uh, an opportunity for you to grow. In your finances, what are you struggling with right now? What are you challenged with right now? 
That, that God wants to strengthen something inside of your life. He wants to strengthen as you take the territory of your financial life, as you take the territory of your gifts and your talents, as you take the, 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 the territory of your health and of your emotional life and of your, your career and of your relationships, your friendships. Because here's how he closes out. The last verse, and you guys can, worship team, come on, help me with this. He ends it with this line we've just been going over and over and over. He says, be strong. Be strong, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Here's what he's saying. Stay with me. Here's what he's saying. I want you to know that I'm going to be with you in every aspect of your life. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. You might not have the strength on your own to do it. And you might not have the courage on your own to step into what God has for you. But I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Draw on my strength. Draw on my courage. Be empowered. Be encouraged by the power of the Holy Spirit. How do we do that? Last thing I want to tell you. How do you do that? You turn over every aspect of your life to God. God, I cannot do this faith thing on my own. My, I've got my own doubts, my own fears, my own worries, my own concerns. I'm going to turn this over to you. This is your territory. You've assigned it to me, but it's yours. God, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't be the husband and the, the father that you want me to be. Without your help, without your strength. I'm going to turn my family over to you. God, I, I can't handle the, the, the money that you've assigned to me in a way that you want me to do it. I can't do it well on my own. I'm going to turn it over to you and have you guide me and lead me. God, my strengths and my talents, my abilities, uh, I, I can't use them towards your purposes to the extent that you want me to. I'm going to turn them over to you. My health, I'm going to turn it over to you. My emotions, God, I'm going to turn these over to you. I'm going to open up my heart. I'm going to open my life and invite you to every corner of my life. My career, God, I'm inviting you into my career. I'm inviting you into the decisions that I'm making about the field that you would have me go into. My relationships with other people, my friendships. God, I'm inviting you into every aspect of my life. Because when you do that, when you do that, then not only do you get to pursue the things that God has for you, but you get to pursue them with the confidence of one who is strong and courageous. So I will just close on this today. Wherever you're at, whatever challenges you're facing in all of these different areas, be strong, be courageous, because God will never leave you and he'll never forsake you. Let's stand together. As we close out, as we close out our service today, I want to have our worship team just sing that song one more time. Because God is good and he's strong when we're weak. And he's there when we, when we feel alone. Wherever you're at in your life right now, as you're moving into 2019, be strong and be courageous because God is good. Amen.